0: You are listening to the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Football Podcast with John Pemba and Andrew Cooper. Well, what's going on, everybody? John and Pemba here with Andrew Cooper. This is the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Football Podcast here. Uh Coop, recapping week three. It was a wild one for everybody there, but we have an exciting week four to get to before we jump into it man how was last week for you
1: bro i mean last week in fantasy was amazing for me but can we talk about how last week was for you especially with this vegas trip and the outcome i mean i know this is supposed to be keeping it to fancy football but dude you got to tell everybody the big news man
0: yeah, no, last week was great. I did to uh, take some time off for those of you who weren't listening to me on the uh, Fantasy Lumber DFS podcast or the live stream. Sunday, I was in Las Vegas this past weekend. Got engaged, approached my girlfriend on Friday, so that was exciting. I uh, won some money. I saw the Grand Canyon, which if you haven't ever seen the Grand Canyon, it is a lot bigger in person. I'll tell you that from where we were standing, you could see the river down there. And you're like, oh, that doesn't look too big. And the guy that we're on is like, yeah, that's a football field wide. But when you're all the way at the top of the canyon, it looks like it's a little stream. So it's pretty wild for those who haven't been to the Grand Canyon. I definitely suggest checking it out.
1: When I went to the Grand Canyon, the, when the first time I ever saw it, I like looked into it and I immediately got vertigo. Like My brain couldn't even comprehend the Grand Canyon. It was like, no, nah, we're done. I had to sit down. It was they were, My brain was like, no, nah, we're done here. Like, that's not real. So yeah. the Grand Canyon is is wild how big it is. So yeah, definitely they're, check they're, that out.
0: They're like, you see those bushes down there? Those are <laughs> 30-foot trees. Right. <laughs> you yeah. know? you're like, oh, right. So, yeah, so we did we did the can- Grand Canyon Jeep tour. If you want to go into the canyon, they told us you can hike down it or you can take a, a donkey ride. Those are mule rides, and it's uh, two hours down on the mule, but it is five hours back up. So I didn't really want to uh, go down into the canyon, you know, if you want to go in that direction. So we did the Jeep tours. Fantastic. Uh, Vegas was fun. Love it every time. I was able to play some bets. Massachusetts, soon to be the only state, Mm -hmm. I think, in New England that doesn't allow sports betting. Recording here on Wednesday. As of tomorrow, the 30th, Mohegan Sun and Foxwoods Casinos will have... There are DraftKings sportsbook in Foxwoods, FanDuel sportsbook in Mohegan. So Connecticut gets sports betting. Rhode Island already has sports betting. New Hampshire has sports betting. Massachusetts, where DraftKings is headquartered, no sports betting. So hey. it was able to do some sports betting out there in Vegas, which is fun.
1: Speaking of uh, a donkey ride to the bottom of the Grand Canyon, how about those Jets this week?
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, the Jets are as bad. Listen, we, we talked about this, I think, in our, in our preview before the season. Just a, a quick side before we get into week four here. Robert and everything like that comes over. Great defense over in San Francisco. The offensive scheme works over in San Francisco because they had the talent. So you can have all the scheme you want. But if you don't have the players yet to implement that scheme, your team's going to be trashed. They have no offensive line. Zach Wilson is throwing an interception basically every other snap at this point. They have some talented players there. They just don't have the they don't have it all together quite yet. It's it's not surprising. Rookie coach, rookie quarterback, everything kind of, you know, flushing together at the moment, learning learning experience for both. You know, I'm not ready to rule them out as another failure in New York. It's just not off to a great start. But you know what, honestly, the rookie quarterbacks as a whole, not really off to a great start. We haven't seen Trey Lance really yet outside of some minor some minor appearances. Mac Jones has looked okay, but another he's I think he's been in the pocket He's been hit the fourth most times in football so far. So, Mm. T.J.'s offensive line doing him no favor. Zach Wilson, we know, is throwing the – Justin Fields. I was going to say Josh Fields. Uh, Justin Fields, he was in my fades section of the QB coach last week because I was worried about how he was going to handle his week one performance matchup going on the road against Cleveland. He didn't really look great during the preseason throwing the football and then in his – brief stint in week three throwing the football he only completed like 46 percent of his passes and that was abysmal i don't know how much of that is Nagy and how much of that is fields but that offense yeah ugh, it,
1: it looks is, bad across the board it's not good. yeah i mean yeah i give i give Sala a pass on the defense just because he's converting from uh, he's converting from a 3-4 to a 4-3 a lot of personnel needs to be changed around so again with that team that's where they're at with the Bears, they only have so many strikes. Like Nagy needs to win with either Fields or Dalton or East toast. But anyway, let's why don't we get into the matchups for this week and give the people yeah, we'll, what they we'll, really we'll get
0: into it here? We're in we're in week four. We'll kick it off. Got the Colts traveling into Miami to face the Dolphins. Miami is a two-point uh favorite here at home. game total, Jacoby Brissett, the quarterback there for Miami with Tua on IR. The Colts last week, they did have Carson Wentz under center for them, but still kind of a disappointing start for both teams here. Miami 1-2, and and the Colts are 0-3.
1: Yeah, I mean, with the Colts, it's kind of interesting that they actually finally seem to have tried to utilize Paris Campbell a little more. The snap counts this week, Pittman and Pascal were on the outside, but Campbell actually played... Like 47 snaps, he's actually getting a pretty full snap share. So we might be able to see for once what he looks like. The scary thing has got to be for... That comes at the expense of the tight ends. The tight ends are really kind of relevant there. But uh, interesting here with Naheem Hines and Taylor. Naheem Hines playing the negative game script, actually playing more snaps than Taylor. Taylor, despite having a pretty good yards per rush, only getting 10 carries. I mean, what do you make of that, John? Hines and Taylor, I mean, are, like, are you... Listen, we, we, ta- we
0: talked about it, man. What did we say at beginning going into the season? They hmm. said they wanted to get him more involved and then they paid him, right? right? That is that is the key indicator, right? And then right away, week one, more volume, got more involved in the game. So listen, this doesn't shock me. They they really like what Naeem Hines brings to their, to their offense, especially when they're in game scripts where – it makes sense to have him on the field. They need to throw the football to him. They need him on there for third downs and pass plays and pass protection, which you harp on constantly. But if Taylor can't be out there on third down or else he's going to get the quarterbacks killed, they got to have Hines out there. If they feel that Hines is a capable runner enough to keep defenses off balance, then he's going to go out. He's going to be on the field more than I think fantasy managers are going to want.
1: Taylor was one of the worst in the league last year in pass pro. He actually graded out, in the he graded out as running back 144 out of 154 this year his pass blocking grade is even worse so far 11.1 pass blocking grade out of 100 on pff and he mines out of 41 so we're basically talking he's had 12 Taylor's had 12 opportunities to pass block, he's let him pre- pressure four times on those, so <laughs> not good on the Dolphins' side of the ball. That's where it's really interesting to me. Last week, they played 83 snaps that's so many snaps. Uh, Waddle played 73 of 83. After that, Parker, Fuller, and Gasecki all played a bunch of wide receiver, were moved around a lot. The thing is. That's why we usually look at target uh, snap shares, because when you have a normal amount of snaps, 83 is well above, I mean, the the league leader last year averaged 70s, right? So in a normal 55 snap game, how many snaps are these different guys getting? And I mean, Jacoby Brissett clearly likes Mike Gusecki, so maybe hearing himself some snaps. Gusecki, 93% of his snaps came at wide receiver, and 46 of his 55 plays that he played were pass plays. So he is not a guy that's going to block. That's what he does. So, I mean, that's interesting, the dichotomy there, and then you look at the running backs. Malcolm Brown started for some reason here, and then the Miles Gaskin got more snaps. I mean, this offense is just kind of really in flux. It's not what you want to see for fantasy. We want to see highly consolidated snaps and targets. This is the opposite. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah what are your feelings, John? Like, who do you trust out of this group, if you can trust anybody?
0: Yeah, I don't I really don't think you're trusting much here. I mean, I will at least – I'm at least encouraged – the fact that Ahmed didn't play at all, so it's really a two-backs at this point now. It's not the three-back that it was over the, the prior couple of weeks. Yeah, baby um,
1: steps, right?
0: Yeah, baby steps, right? Like, cut down the cut down the rotation a bit. So now you're looking at 55, I think it was, or 53% offensive snap shift for Gaskin. It was 41 or 42 for Brown. Like, if you can keep it there, then at least you get a little bit more defined role. Uh, with Miami but yeah I mean I don't I think you're just it's I think it's just Waddle right I think Waddle is the only one I'm I'm willing to bank on there
1: right I I mean I look at it I like I've always liked Parker Parker looks good when he gets the ball but like if you have Parker Fuller and Gasecki all playing similar snap shares and they're all playing wide receiver give me the guy that is tight end eligible so I am kind of interested in Mike Gasecki. I had him as a as an ad as a guy you might want to consider starting this week if you you're really struggling him and Evan Engram were my kind of big ads this week. We'll get into that him later. But I mean, it's just there aren't many tight ends out there that are running that number of routes. So Gusecki, somebody might have dropped him in your league. At least stash him on the bench if you get a chance. I mean, just anyone playing that many wide receiver snaps has upside regardless.
0: I, I agree 100% with you on that one there. Houston Buffalo. We have Buffalo as a 16-and-a-half point favorite in this one, Coop. That is not good if you're the Houston Texans. Josh Allen had five total touchdowns last week. Your guy, Zach Moss, keeps finding the end zone. I'm going to have to apologize to you. (laughs) Don't
1: call him my guy.
0: I think now on on that play, I mean, listen, you know who I will give you credit for is Emmanuel Sanders. Right. Mm-hmm. You talked about him. You touted him all week. You told everybody, you even tweeted 10 hours or four hours or whatever it was until Emmanuel Sanders is winning you money. Uh, and sure enough, he comes through big time here. I don't really know what to think of this game because it's either going to be Josh Allen goes out and throws three touchdowns right away and they're up 21 or it's going to be Zach Moss gets the scores or Singletary gets the scores and then they're not throwing the football at all because they're up so I I I am I worry about the Buffalo side of this game offensively because I know points will be scored from them I just don't know where it's going to come from in this matchup
1: yeah I mean this is just kind of a classic trap game really just for everything because it's the over under is not that high either so you see the big spread over under is low like this could like you said this could just be a game where it's it's out of hand and. They're just running the clock out from the start where we've seen. I mean, we actually saw that in the first week with the Lions and 49ers. The 49ers are just trying to run the clock out pretty much the whole game. And at the end of the game, when it was 41-17, the Lions just kind of had a big burst of points. But beyond that, the entire game, they were just like, all right, the game's over. Let's just end it. So it could be one of those. You never really know. From the Buffalo side, Obviously, like Diggs and Emmanuel Sanders are playing a ton of snaps. They're getting the looks. Those are the guys you got to be interested in. I, I would go with Zach Moss if I had to pick between him and Singletary just because he skews rushing. Yeah. On the Houston side, Brandon Cooks, man. you got to just start him where you got him. I don't think Trey Wright really shadows. He kind of stays on his side. So that always leaves you a chance to play to your strengths. I'm not starting any of Chris Conley or Anthony Miller. Anthony Miller came out for two wide receiver sets, so can't trust him yet. And I guess in the deep DFS, Jordan Akins, Jordan Akins ran 25 routes. Farrell Brown only ran eight. So Jordan Akins is the pass catching guy there if you're in a deep situation. And with the running backs, I mean, again, David Johnson plays more in negative game scripts. Mark Andrews and in, uh, Mark Ingram in a positive game script. David Johnson is clearly going to play more this week. So you know
0: yeah. uh, that one that actually killed me though last week. David Johnson, I, I actually took in prize picks. I took the over two receptions, and he had none And a right. game where in a game where they should have been throwing the football. Is Brandon Cooks just going to mess around and lead the league in receiving this year? Like what's so what's going to happen? Very,
1: he very well might. I mean, he just finally turned 28 on that list of guys all time. He's,
0: he's the youngest 20 or the oldest 28 year old on that list that he's in. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. It's like all time guys, 20, uh, age 27 or under, he got up to uh, wide receiver seven. Right after Calvin Johnson and ahead of Antonio Brown on that list, which is insane to me. But what is dead may never. The
0: next matchup here that we have on the board: Carolina versus Dallas. Dallas is giving four and a half. We have a fifty and a half game total here, and I actually really like Dallas this week in DFS. I know this is a seasonal preview podcast, but we can talk a little DFS as well. Over on DraftKings, the Dallas defense is twenty six hundred dollars. I look at Carolina going on the road, maybe facing their first real opponent. You look at the schedule that they've had so far, they face the Jets at home. They faced the Saints at home, which we still aren't even really sure who the Saints are. They <laughs> so did insane. not look good uh, at all against them. And then last week, we saw them face the Texans. So now they're going up against a really good Dallas offense. We saw Dalton Schultz put up a bunch of points in the last week. Because Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard run all over Philadelphia. The weeks before that, we saw CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper have big. But this Dallas defense is also like... Very sneaky good. There's a lot of young talent on this Dallas defense, which I know last year was a big huge weak point of theirs. But I think Carolina is going to go into Dallas and, and is going to get a real test to see, okay, are they really three and zero? Are they this good? Or do they just been uh, taking advantage of the schedule that they've been given? Dallas, on the other hand, is two and one. I'm, I'm big on Dallas this week. This is a, a test game for Carolina for me.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, this this should be a, a fun game. It should be an interesting one. I, if you have Zeke, you start him. Tony Pollard, for me, is still He's just not quite getting the usage you want. I mean, Zeke's getting the, the high leverage snaps, the pass plays, the goal line plays, so can't really touch him there. Cedric Wilson also not playing enough for me, and the tight ends aren't. Even though Schultz ca- had more catches, they both ran 21 routes, and it's there's still the chance at any given moment that Jarwin could have more catches than Schultz. So I'm really not interested there either. For me, it's Amari, Lamb, Zeke, Dak. Those are the guys you want to start with the Panthers. I think with Dan Arnold trade, you're going to see a lot more three wide receiver sets. They kind of just did it last week, even with Arnold there. Terrace Marshall played a huge snap share his biggest of the year. I think they're kind of just leaning into that. DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Terrace Marshall's way to go. Um, not really inter- interested in Tommy Trumbull. I know some people are talking about it because he scored the touchdown, but he, to this point, is blocked on sixty six percent of his plays. We didn't even come in as a route running type guy, so is what it is there. And then Chuba Hubbard, if you got him, start him. I mean, you John, you were the one saying um, all these people saying you shouldn't spend your Fab on the guy. Anytime you spend Fab on a guy, you're putting right in your lineup. Then spend as much as you want. Spend a hundred. You know yeah. I mean? So.
0: Yeah, and I know we're recording this after waivers have already cleared and everything like that. But yeah, there there was a lot of people. And even I had this conversation with our own James Ronda. He was one of those who tweeted that out. I saw some other members of Fantasy Football Twitter being like, oh, you're going to spend all of your fab here on week four on a guy who may only get a week or two start. And McCaffrey's not even on the IR yet. And yada yada, all this and yada yada that who else is on waiver wires right now that you're looking at your fab budget, which is probably sitting up there around the a hundred bucks. If that's the kind of league you're in or near maximum. And what player are you spending that fab money on right now? If it's not somebody like this situation where running back depth is weak, this is a guy that's going to step in and be a starter right away for his team. Even if it's for a week, two weeks, if this player gets into your lineup and helps you win, how many players and how many managers at the end of the season Miss a playoff spot by a win or two, or or whatever like that, right? Like or by so many points for making into the playoffs. Don't hold on to this this fab budget of yours, expecting the next Christian McCaffrey to be available out there, because that's not the case. You're looking for the next guy that's going to get on the field and have an opportunity to produce in a spot that they didn't previously have. And that's not really out there right now. I've been looking at some of the 12 team leagues that I've been in and, and there's Mark Ingram is, is maybe the best available back or a Royce Freeman or a Devante Booker. Like those guys aren't going to step into a role all of a sudden and be league winners. Chuba Hubbard could be if if McCaffrey isn't able to come back from this hamstring. And it's a hamstring injury, by the way, something that is very easily re- re-aggravatable. I think I made that word up, but something you can re-injure, <laughs> right? Like, wait. And this is a guy who last year struggled to come back from injury. He missed a lot of time. He was, he did come back. He wasn't fully ready to go. So, I mean, I, I don't get those harping on, on spending your fab budget. Cause at this point, four weeks into the season, it's not really much left out there. That's going to help you win. So if you didn't spend it already, if you are still out there, don't be ashamed of picking them up. Uh,
1: right. And, and my other philosophy on that is once you've spent some of your money, even if it's a dollar, there's always that, jerk in your league who holds on to $100 just for that one big guy. Like Chuba Hubbard was going for 100 in a lot of leagues, right? So once you've spent $1, you might as well just start buying whoever you can get or whoever you want because you're not going to get that big, the big one. But you know I mean, so wh- when I'm in for a penny, I'm in for a pound.
0: Yeah, I'm 100% with you there as well. From the next matchup, we have Tennessee going into New York to face the Jets here. Jets are getting seven. This is a 44-game total. A.J. Brown injured. It didn't take long for that to happen. This is just a Derrick Henry game. Derrick Henry is going to have 20 carries for like 150 yards, and they're going to run all over the New York Jets this week
1: this spread seems kind of light for a team that hasn't scored a point in two weeks. It, 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 <laughs> oh, like. you know,
0: Yeah, it, it, it does for sure. Yeah. I know. I, I think it's Tennessee's got a bad defense. So maybe they're giving them the benefit of the doubt that maybe they go ahead and can find some points here, but yeah, man. I don't know. It's Tannehill and Julio and, and Derek Henry, and they're yeah. just going to run. They should just run.
1: Yeah. yeah. And they will. So, yeah, I mean, that's the case. I mean, it'd be interesting to see with the jets, if, Elijah Moore's out. What they're gonna do? Whether so James I
0: saw that Jameson Crowder is gonna be active this week. He is. So. Okay,
1: finally. So we'll find we'll get some answers there. I mean, Braxton Barrios is off the radar. Corey Davis is Corey Davis is always gonna play. His he had
0: snap. ten targets last week. It's just that. His quarterback isn't good, so. Oh,
1: there you go. But Corey Davis is always going to, he's going to get his snaps, so it's a matter of how they mix and match. Corey Davis revenge game narrative. Ooh. I wanted to see, I wanted to see Elijah Moore and Jameson Crowder on the field at the same time so that we can figure out who is going to be out there in two receiver sets. We're still not getting that. This, it's just like this mystery that just keeps moving forward. And now it's like, I guess we'll see If, if Crowder just plays the slot, then I actually want to buy low on Elijah Moore because that means right. that he's definitely going to get his role back when he comes back. Tyler Croft is banged up. I mean, if you are going to try and take a DFS dart throw on Ryan Griffin, if he's out, then God bless your soul. But for the most part, I'm probably just hey, Ryan
0: Griffin was a thing for Houston at one point for a
1: yeah. game. Yeah, for for a game for Houston. He's he's <laughs> just one of those guys that I don't. The only time I really see his name is when he unfortunately he's pretty prone to concussions you see him for that but i mean mm-hmm. i rarely see anything besides that news typically with the titans we've already kind of figured out what it is i did learn how to say oh no did i forget it nick westbrook kine is nick westbrook Kine. so i did learn how to say his name because he did play a pretty big snap share he actually played more snaps than julio jones this last week so in those deep leagues dfs leagues where you're trying to be a contradictory Throw them in there.
0: Yep, I agree with you on that one. Next matchup, we have Cleveland going into Minnesota here. Minnesota is getting two points. That That is a weird number to me. Mm. Minnesota is a home underdog to the Cleveland Browns. This is a 51.5 game total. Maybe this is because Dalvin Cook is questionable. But when I look at this game, especially the way... I know Minnesota's 1-2, and two, but like their offense has been very good. They've been putting up a lot of points... They have Thielen, they have Jefferson Cousins is playing out of his mind. If Cook comes back healthy in this one, I like Minnesota getting the two here. Cleveland on the other side, Kareem Hunt has been getting a ton of volume in last week. No Jarvis Landry. You've talked how you like maybe it was Higgins, it could have been Hooper it was cream hunt cream hunt had eight catches mm-hmm. i think it was or something like that so they're still using the two backs but if hunt's going to all of a sudden get this huge volume uh, of in the passing game because because landry's out that's something to watch
1: Yeah, the Browns are such a weird team because they use so many tight ends. Three tight ends off more often than any other team. Two tight ends up there with the most two tight end heavy teams, which really saps any of these other guys outside of Odell who actually look pretty good. But Donovan Peoples Jones plays a decent number of snaps, but I mean he's just not getting the looks. The other guys, because of the tight ends, Anthony Schwartz just goes out there every once in a while. So and at the same time, the tight ends, because of the block heavy they are those guys aren't running a whole lot of routes and Joku and Hooper both play run like 20 routes a week when some of these other tight ends are running like 40 50 I mean even with Mike Gusecki playing a partial snap share he ran 44 routes so it's like can't trust any of these guys really it's, if you have Chubb you start him if you have Hans, you start him and if you have Odell you start him and that's that for the Browns and the Vikings are another one of just our favorites really like we talked about it last week how the setup of the offense is perfect for fantasy it's like Two wide receivers a running back, and right now, when Dalvin's out, now Alexander Madison comes in, and he's the guy, which it's great. You know what I mean? Like, let's just keep it that way. Tyler Conklin's probably not going to be a thing. He, I, They did bring in Ben Allison to block a little more, which let him run a little more routes, but I think that's just going to be a guessing game between he and him and K.J. Osborne, not one that I want to play at all, so again, it's to start. Phelan, start Jefferson, start whoever the running back is and just be happy uh, that it's as easy as that.
0: Yeah, I agree with you on that one there. Washington footballers face the Atlanta Falcons here this week. A lot of the conversation's been around the usage of Antonio. This feels like a good matchup for him here going up against Atlanta for him to get a good amount of volume. I also I also want to play Logan Thomas and Terry McLaurin, but the, the quarterback uncertainty it feels like with Haneke at times, This should be a matchup where he is successful, but how are you feeling about the Washington offense in this matchup?
1: Yeah, I mean it's the same situation as we're seeing with Jonathan Taylor, right? Antonio Gibson has been kind of just blowing it in the past blocking game. I mean he looks good in every other ass in every other facet of the game, which is why. The, for the eye test and for fans of his they don't under they don't get it they don't understand why he's not playing every snap but it's because he can't be trusted in that one facet and when that happens then he can't be out there for the two minute drill or he can't be out there for like any normal pass snap and sometimes those get audible into run snaps so if he can figure that out it's wheels up but until then he i mean he's still a guy you start every week just because how explosive he is but it's it's the same thing that held back joe mixon for all this time i will say for Washington. It's just Terry McLaurin for now. I can't start Curtis Samuel until I see what he's like. Uh, Logan Thomas is playing every single snap. He once again played every single snap, and he ran every single route except one. So you start Logan Thomas. And for all the people who have Kyle Pitts, you should just be happy with what you have. He's playing over 35 wide receiver snaps a game, right? Like he's, he's getting the perfect deployment that you'd want for a tight end. Everyone else is having a rough time at tight end. I would say the guys have the top five. So if you did, I wasn't even a fan of his coming in. He, I wasn't really uh, telling people to draft him at his ADP. But but I, now I look at the usage of his compared to a lot of other guys and the opportunities that he has, and I would love to have Pitts if I have pretty much anybody outside the top like six or seven. So stick with Pitts if you got him. He's going to be just fine.
0: What? Are we trusting Cordell Patterson here?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's such a weird situation, he right? Led, like,
0: did he, he had more receptions and receiving yards than Calvin Ridley last week, and basically <laughs> they're leading rusher as well.
1: I'll tell you what, dude, He he's also still returning kicks. So like in draft with Giants, where it's double points for receiving the number yards,
0: one player in the league,
1: he's an absolute wagon. He's he's like the I think they still categorize him as a wide receiver in that. So he's like the wide receiver two overall. Like he's just a star. I have him. So yeah,
0: I know. Yeah. I remember you telling me that you drafted all kick returns because nobody knows that points are scored that way.
1: Yeah, I'm <laughs> killing. It. I think yeah, I'm in like second in my league. Like I definitely had one of the highest scores last week. Although Jamal Agnew, his his field goal returned for a touchdown, I found out that because it's ruled a defensive play, those aren't counted as return yards. Like and it makes sense though, because you're not gonna. Put them under a kick return. And you're not going to put them under right. punt return. So it kind of sucks. that the, You only get points for the touchdown. Did you now. have Agnew on your team? So I don't, but a good buddy of mine had it. We 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 dra- we split up and drafted pretty much like all of them, all the Great kick sense. returners. But I didn't. I didn't end up with Agnew, unfortunately. But he's oh, he's okay. been he's been good regardless. Like he still had a good game, but he could uh, have an amazing game.
0: Yeah. The the feature maybe game of the 1 p.m. slate. We have the Kansas City Chiefs going into the Philadelphia. Uh, Eagles here. I mean, the Chiefs signed Josh Gordon. I don't know if you've seen if he's going to be active or not. I don't think he's going to be. They just signed him. But I mean, Mahomes, Kelsey, Hill, you know, Hartman did find the end zone last week. CEH, breakout game for CEH last week, uh, as well. Now they're going up against a Philadelphia team who last week torched by tight ends. Dalton Schultz had a, two touchdowns and a field day against them. And Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard both ran, uh, good against this Philadelphia defense as well. So, but do you think we see repeated performances out of the Travis Kelsey and Clyde Edwards helaire players here in
1: this matchup? It's kind of interesting that the like when I look at the Eagles defense, they've kind of been they've kind of done well at taking away what the other team wants to do most. Like they did kind of stop the pass to Amari and um and Lamb, the week before, they, they kind of held back Kittle. The week before that, they kind of held back Pitts and Ridley to a certain degree. I mean, it's hard to say if they will be able to take anything away, but some of that's kind of what the best defenses do. They look at what you want to do, and they take that away. So, I mean, I think that this should be an explosive game, and if you have – any of CEA Kelsey and and uh, Tyree Hill, you just start them. With the Eagles, it's a little. I'm starting Devonta Smith. I'm starting Miles Sanders. Beyond that, it's a little dicey. I mean, I I warn people this coming to the season with the tight ends, it's not that because everyone likes to think, oh, Goddard's a better pass catcher than Ertz at, at this point in his career. That doesn't matter. What matters is when the coach looks at the room, who can do what. And Ertz and Goddard's one of the best blocking tight ends in the league. So it. Puts him in that in-line rule, puts Ertz in the pass-catching slot role and Ertz ran just as many routes as Goddard last week, and he actually had a better game. So it's like, if one of them went away, the other guy would be, for me, probably pretty high on my list. But because they're kind of hurting each other, I just, I can't trust it. How do you feel about Jalen Rager before we move on?
0: Yeah, I, I wanted Devon Smith to be the number one receiver on this team, but Rager has been the one that has been a little bit more consistent. So he's the one I'm looking for, especially in DFS, where he's actually cheaper. So this mm-hmm. week I'm going to be going Rager in my line as if I'm going to be playing, looking for a way to come back in this game. If I'm stacking, uh, stacking the Chiefs. So I actually like him. I, I think he has been consistent again. He's a first round pick from last year, right? So, I mean, the talent is there. The system last year really wasn't conducive to him being successful, but He's showing good chemistry and being the guy that Hurts uh, is looking for.
1: Yeah, no, I feel you on that, man. All right, so what do we got next? Yeah, we the, got Detroit
0: uh, versus Chicago is the next one here, Coop. The Bears are giving three points to the Lions. We don't really know who the quarterback yet is going to be for the Bears. Uh, Nagy came out today and said that if Andy Dalton is healthy, he is the starter, Fields is the backup. But I've also seen that Foles is in consideration to play as well. If, if Dalton's not ready to go, so like... I don't know. <laughs> like I yeah. don't know. It's, a, it's two bad teams. This feels like a good game for Montgomery to just get the ball 20 times and just run against the Lions. And maybe Robinson can break out if it's Dalton. But yeah, what are you feeling here?
1: Yeah, I mean, you do have a stance on the Lions coming in. I didn't think that they would lean on Swift last year, but they clearly are. So I think the Lions are just going to do what they do. Jared Goff is just going to throw it to whoever's the easiest to get the ball to, which is going to be one of the running backs or Hawkinson. Just dump it down to the low-hanging fruit and probably quietly lose the game or just play towards hoping the other team messes up. I mean, the over-under here is like 42, 44, somewhere in that range, which is just – that's just a bad football. That's that's just bad football. It's not exciting. The Chiefs and the Eagles is 55, so literally multiple touchdowns more. You know what I mean? So with the – with the Bears, I just hope that, like, whatever quarterback it is, is actually throwing the football and actually gets a chance to throw. 20 attempts last week isn't doing it. I don't care who you are. Cole Komet had four targets. That's a 20% target share. Cole Komet had great deployment. 95% snap participation, 87% route participation. 50% of his snaps are played at wide receiver, and he had 20% target share. And it literally equals nothing when the offense does nothing. So, for now, if you have Allen Robinson and Komet, You you, got to start on Robinson because you invested commit you put him on the bench. But I mean, if this offense can turn it around, whether it's with Dalton or Foles or whoever, if they can turn it around, those guys are getting full deployment Darnell Mooney, too. But you need production for that to matter. So until then, all these guys kind of the back burner for me.
0: Mooney's somebody that I want in DFS because he's just so cheap at this point. They're they're, mm. they're knowing how bad that offense is and they're just giving him a no he's, respect. He's
1: playing every snap. He plays yeah. like every single snap.
0: He's yeah. getting targets too. They just can't connect on him again. Mm. What, what else is new? Giants Saints is the next matchup here. New Orleans at home, seven and a half point favorites. Which Saints team shows up? Are they even any good? I don't know. They've beaten, you know, like they beat the Packers the week one in a blowout. They blew up the Patriots last week, but the Patriots didn't really look any good. The Giants are 0-3, but have played some tough games here. Uh, They're also hurt Shepard and Slayton. Shocker, shocker. Hamstring injuries there. Your guy, Evan Ingram, came back, did what Evan Ingram does, which is drop some balls, have a fumble. Mm. Saquon Barkley looked good, but you can't run against the Saints. It's been that way for like four years. So, I don't know. Alvin Kamara, that's it, I guess.
1: I mean, the Saints literally are putting themselves in a position where it's just Alvin Kamara. I mean, their top wide receiver played 61% of the snaps. Nobody else played more than 30. Adam Trotman was the leading tight end. He blocked on 30, 37 snaps and only ran 14 routes. Juwan Johnson doesn't even play like that team is, they're setting it up that way. They want it to be just Kamara. And that's fine with me. Cause I got Kamara in a lot of leagues with the Giants. I do like Kenny Galladay in this situation, and I do like I do like Evan Ingram. Like especially if Shepard and Slayton are out, like Joe Judge likes the guy. Everyone seems to rally behind him. He seems to say the right things, even when he screws up. I I just find it hard to believe that they're gonna just not go to him and try and go to like Kadarius Tony or somebody. And Barkley historically has been the kind of guy where. When you can't run it, they just throw it to you. So let's see if he's getting the snaps. Let's see if he's still the Barkley we know. Because if he is, then he'll catch eight passes this week. So keep an eye on that.
0: A hundred percent there though. It is kind of interesting. They use that first round pick on Tony. Are they gonna figure out a way to make it make the pick worth it, right? Is he, he, he gonna be good enough?
1: He, he played a huge number of snaps last week. Quietly, played like forty five snaps, I think it was. But did he get the ball at all? I, I kind of
0: he didn't. He really did. He had two catches, I think.
1: Two catches, yeah. And the week before that, he had two catches for negative two yards. So we'll see.
0: Yeah, we have the Arizona Cardinals versus the Los Angeles Rams here. Rams giving four and a half, a uh, fifty-five game total in this one. That's fun. It is fun. It also feels high. I I understand how good the Cardinals offense has been to this point, but if Hopkins isn't at hundred percent and the Rams defense at home kind of is what it is here. Ramsey. I know we, we like to talk about him being a shutdown guy. Yeah. I wonder if this is a game where Kyler struggles a bit, um, against the Rams on the flip side, you're looking at a Cardinals team. That is, I think they're second or third in sacks and, like third or fourth in total takeaways, or maybe I have that number reversed. So far this season, they've been a defense that's been getting after it. Again, you look at their opponents, it kind of explains why that is here, but that Rams offense has been a wagon. We're Really, it's just been, it's been Cup and Stafford, but they've been as advertised to begin the season.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I think people look at the, these, Teams in theory, and that's why the line went up from like fifty-three to fifty-five. People just immediately thinking, oh, it's gonna be a shootout. But I think as we get closer, the sharps are gonna probably bring that back down a little bit. With with guys like Chandler Jones and stuff, I wouldn't be surprised to see Tyler Higby do one of his blocking games where he stays in the block a little bit. I I think this could be a Robert Woods bounce back game. Like this could be the one where he finally he's playing every single snap. He's out there running routes. I think this is one of the weeks where he could have one of those games. I don't trust Van Jefferson or Deshaun Jackson, anything except DFS or best ball. Yeah,
0: Jackson uh, had five targets last week, which is, I think was a, more than I expected him to see at some point. Yeah. You know, I figured he would get the one or two targets a game where they're just taking shots downfield. But five is actually, you know, if he starts getting five targets a week, you're going to have to look at him.
1: Yeah, I mean, but he Deshaun Jackson we're talking about, right? Not Van Justin. Yeah. I mean, but he only he only he only played 20 snaps. I mean, it's like I mean, if he gets a bigger snap share, it could be wheels up. But it's just like this is and this is why we talk about like when we talked about the Vikings, how I love how consolidated it is this whole game on both sides of the ball is just it's so unconsolidated that it's like you got max williams getting seven targets randomly you got christian kirk going off but then another week it's aj green or a week after that it's, it's run Moore. Yeah, more yeah justin jefferson 70 yard touchdown deshaun jackson 70 yard touchdown cooper cup is a stud he's not getting the ball at all tyler Higby, one game goes off another game he block he has one catch because he he's blocking on seven pass plays it's just yeah. it's I mean, in real life, it's good to mix it up like that. But, but for fantasy, it just it, it makes it very difficult. So for me, I'm starting DeAndre Hopkins if he's healthy. I'm starting Christian Kirk if I have to. And besides that, I'm kind of just I mean, even the backs, Chase Edmund plays more pass plays. James it was, so
0: it was definitely annoying that last week. Connor got both those vulture touchdowns. And that is the role he's there to play. So mm-hmm. uh, it's it's sort of expected. But for the first couple of weeks, Edmonds was leading the team in carries and he was getting all that passing down work. I think I I still consider him to be the number one back there, even if the touchdowns are really going to go Connor's way. But I love the passing volume that he continues to get in PPR leagues.
1: Yeah, I don't play standard leagues, so I like Chase Edmonds in every format that I play.
0: Next matchup, we have Seattle. Going into San Francisco here, 49ers two-and-a-half point favorites, Kittle currently day-to-day with a sore calf in this one. Where are you on this 49ers offense right now?
1: Super weird. I mean, Kyle, the, after after everything, the leading back in the backfield was Kyle Juszczyk, played the most snaps, more than Trey Sermon, like in real snaps in the backfield, like real running back snaps and getting targets and stuff, like just super annoying. And I hate it. And I hate uh, Kyle Shanahan. I mean, Debo Samuel is always going to be interesting. Ayuk's finally getting a full snap share. And if Kittle's healthy, then I'm starting Kittle. And that's it. I've got Jeff Wilson stash in a couple of leagues. Trey Sermon, I have in a couple of best balls. But, like, just so difficult to trust them. If if Elijah Mitchell and Jamichael Hasty are both out, then sure, go with Trey Sermon. Otherwise, just try and figure out something else. Do you something? This- Seattle,
0: we know, we know where the ball goes in Seattle. It goes- Love that. And Everett nice, actually yeah. just landed on IR today, too. So he's even no longer in the Right.
1: In the Will Disley, yeah. DFS play, throw him in there, whatever. I think Dwayne Eskridge was out last week. He might still be, which make, makes Freddie Swain a deep DFS play if Eskridge and Everett are both out. But for the most part, you start Metcalf, you start Lockett, you start Chris Carson, you start Russell Wilson, and you're happy about it.
0: That's where the, Those are the only four guys touching the football.
1: Cheers to that. Love that. Yeah.
0: It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Uh, Baltimore going into Denver here. Denver's a one-point favorite. They're 3-0. They're at home here, Baltimore. But Denver's another team where I think this is put-up-or-shut-up type of matchup because they had maybe the most favorable schedule to begin that they had. I think it was the Giants, Jaguars, and Jets, I think it was, to start the year. Obviously, they had Whoa. the Jets last week. They had the Giants in week one and Jacksonville in week two. So now they're home against Baltimore. Baltimore needed a 66-yard field goal last week to beat Detroit, which was a winner for me. I teased Baltimore down to a half a point. I was like, oh, Baltimore, pick them, basically. No problem. Need a 66-yard field goal to get that win. So shout out to Justin Tucker for making that. Where are you with this Denver offense? Yeah, Hamler, Tornace, and you know, so now they're really down to Pat, Patrick and Sutton, Noah Fant, and the two running backs there going up against this Baltimore defense.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I didn't really it didn't register with me until you said it like that. But the J sounding teams, oof, that's woof. Jaguars, Jets, Giants, not not great. So I mean, great start to the the Broncos season. I, I mean, it kind of puts them in a situation where they are getting that consolidation, right? It's like coral and Tim Patrick, no fan. Um I think they're going to – I don't think Deontay Spencer's going to – he's the next man up for anyone that cares. I don't think he's going to get a full snap share. I think it's going to be a mix of him and Albert Akwe Bunim or Kui Bunum, one of those two. He's – he's. I mean, he's a super athletic guy, but he just doesn't get enough snaps either. Maybe a super deep dart throw. Um, with the Ravens, boy, Marquise Brown, ugly last week. My God, with the drops. But, uh, and he
0: still had like a decent fantasy game. He just had mm-hmm. three touchdowns that were dropped.
1: Right. Drops. Yeah. I mean, just it hurt. Whoever, whoever I didn't, I didn't start him anywhere. I do have him in a couple of weeks, but I just did not have him in there, but it hurt to watch. But I mean, drops only matter if they lose confidence in you. And I, I think he's proven enough that he's earned that role. So it's going to be, it's going to be him and Watkins on the outside, Devin DuVernay in the slot when they need it. But they use a lot of multi-tight end sets. And interesting enough, just like the 49ers, leading back out of this backfield and snaps was Patrick Tyson Williams played more pass downs Latavius Murray played more rundowns but the fullback was a guy that was constantly out there and you I mean just with Greg Roman calling the plays and Lamar Jackson ex- executing them I just the running back has always been an uphill battle for here. year so it just kind of sucks it would be nice if they would just be like a normal team and just use one guy and throw it to him and run it with him. but they don't want to do any of that
0: yeah did you mention Bateman being back
1: uh, so he is back this week. I did not mention yep,
0: that. Yeah, they, they just need him to return. He was at practice today.
1: So that will that'll be interesting to see what the mix is like. I mean, I know they love to let every wide receiver play like 60% of the snaps, 40 to 60, somewhere in that range. So I bet that's kind of what they do. Mix everybody in. Bateman probably plays like 20, 30%. Can't really trust that. Not in this offense. The
0: next game that we have on schedule, Pittsburgh Green Bay. I texted you this earlier today. I wanted to be right on this Najee Harris fade because I was talking about how bad their offensive line was. Somebody, and I apologize for not having the name correct, tweeted out that Najee Harris has been hit behind the line of scrimmage on 70% of his carries this season. He has a 3.1 yard per carry average. This was the reason I didn't want to pay that end of first, early second round price tag on it because that offensive line is so bad that he wouldn't be able to run behind it. Everybody else countered with the fact that he's going to get a lot of volume and the passing down work. And then last week he goes out and gets 19 targets. He has over a hundred yards receiving 10 plus catches last week before that he had five catches, 45 yards. I think it wasn't a touchdown. So he's actually the RB seven right now in full PPR leagues because of that passing attack running wise, he's not scoring and he's not running for more than 40 yards a game. So he needs that pass volume. But with Juju hurt with Deontay Johnson hurt, it looks like Najee Harris is gonna keep on producing for those who drafted him.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, you can hard to argue with every snap and all those targets. So, I mean, it, it, it's just a case of, probably bad process that turns into something that works out so i did have Najee in a couple of leagues just because at a certain point i'm looking at guys that who can get all the snaps and i didn't want to go after somebody who was going to be splitting them so i, I was i did grab him in a couple of places but i mean the team is bad the line is bad and there's going to be bad games for him as well so they're not going to throw 58 times like they did last week i can tell you that so um Interesting to see where the wide receivers go. Deontay Johnson was banged up. Now Juju is hurt. Basically, what we saw was Chase Chase Claypool with James Washington on the outside with Ray-Ray McLeod in the slot. Ray-Ray McLeod, another draft with Giants wagon this year, playing real snaps and returning punts and kicks. But uh, that really only matters for certain leagues. With the tight ends, you kind of— run into some issues where people love Fryermuth, but he's only playing 30% of the snaps, run 30% of the routes, only get only got 8% of the targets. He got five targets, but they threw 58 times. So Eric E. Ron's playing more snaps. I just can't see upside for him unless he really captures that full snap share. And then in Green Bay, I'm really just interested in Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and Aaron Jones. Like Robert Tunyon's not really participating he's always been tight independent the rest of the guys it's kind of a mixed bag randall cobb's not playing enough the other guys are mixing it up i mean are you interested on in anybody on the packers outside of jones adams and um in rogers
0: i uh, no, you, you you nailed it there's there's nobody uh that i'm really looking for it's again it's another offense where the ball is going to so that's probably it for me there sunny night football maybe you and i have a little bit more interest in this than the rest of the fantasy tampa bay buccaneers new england Patriots. Tom Brady, Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski returned to Foxborough to face one of the worst looking pages teams that I've seen. Maybe even worse than last year. I don't know. I mean, they invest the money in the two tight ends, Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry, and they're doing nothing. Nelson Aguilar is on a milk carton somewhere. The offensive line in the running game, are supposed to be the calling card, which is the reason why we're comfortable with Mac Jones back there. Offensive lines are one of the worst in football. Damian Harris is benched again. Like, What is going on with this New England offense? And then on the flip side, their defense looks totally uncoordinated. Now they're supposed to go up and stop Tom Brady in the offense. He threw for over 400 yards last week against the Rams, and they lost that game. But it wasn't because of him. He completed over 70% of his passes. It's it's, going to be a bloodbath. I think Gronk and Brady are going to just tap dance all over New England in this one. I don't have any interest in anybody in New England. Not a single. Jacoby Myers, maybe. Jacoby Myers had nine catches last week. Somebody, again, I'm terrible. I should have these tweets out because I know I want to talk about them. Uh, Somebody tweeted out a stat today. Jacoby Myers has the most receptions without a touchdown in the NFL history right now.
1: So Uh, I think that was that might have been J.J. That might have been J.J. or... What, oh, no, it might have been Josh Hermesmeyer. He was one of those big, big guys. Yeah, one I, of those guys. He, I was thinking does. about that this morning, that exact thing, because I was saying to somebody he's never scored a touchdown. But he's getting peppered with targets and full PPR, maybe go there. With the running backs, same deal as always. Damian Harris will be the running down guy. With James White out, it'll be Brandon Bolden or J.J. Taylor. Can't really trust him yet. But once someone gets established in that role, then maybe you can trust him. For me, Hunter Henry, he ran 99, uh, 39 routes, totally 15 for Jonu, but... Against this defense, I, I'm hoping Trent Brown's going to be back and healthy. But against this defense, he might be asked to hang in and block. Tough to trust any of the Patriots. If I'm Bill Belichick, my main concern is don't let Rob Gronkowski score a touchdown and do his dance and spike it in the end zone. Just let anybody else score. Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, who cares? Just I would just be focused on just don't let that happen in my house.
0: Over under four and a half touchdowns for Tom Brady.
1: I mean, I... I mean, I gotta go, I'll go under. I think that they just handle business and it just goes, he's not gonna, I, just, I don't see them wanting to run the score up like that. I just.
0: Would this I, be a, would this be a Leonard Fournette game for you then? I saw your tweet earlier today about Ronald Jones in the dog house again.
1: Deep in the doghouse. And I think that's what it will be. I, I just think that Tom, for all the rivalries and all this, like he's a classy guy. And I think he's got more, like if it turns into a shootout, it's a shootout. But I don't, I just don't think he would, purposely come in and just keep throwing and running the score up and trying to embarrass Belichick Like I just don't think that he's that kind of guy. So
0: I think that is exactly the kind of guy that Tom Brady is. I mean, he would only like, maybe not like, do it for the respect of Bob craft. He's the only player I think, and he's the only person in New England. I think Tom Brady cares about yeah. is crap
1: so I mean, there's a lot of narratives you could put into it you could also say that brady would do that and then afterwards he'd say that's what belichick would do to us so maybe he i would.
0: watched bill belichick hang like 55 on washington one time just because he felt like
1: it so he, he did that against the titans too in that snow game remember yeah. it was like 55 nothing and he just he basically said after the game he was like yeah we've seen plenty of teams come back from uh yeah. deficits it's like <laughs> not that kind of like they don't even know what snow feels like dude like don't What i mean like yeah. you, you don't get a murder them right
0: anyway. uh and then That's the perfect. monday night football game here uh we have the 3-0 and las vegas raiders going up against the 2-1 and los angeles chargers here chargers three and a half point favorites i mean herbert came through big time last week my one criticism against him was the lack of touchdown passes and he had a good game against the chiefs Eckler's looking great. Mike Williams. I mean, you had that tweet and you retweeted yourself a wide receiver with a thousand yard season and a 10 touchdown season. It's within the range of outcomes for him to have both in one season. And he's well on his pace to have a thousand yards and 10 scores.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's probably one of my lazier tweets of all time, but I mean, it's true. Like if a guy is capable of accumulating the yards and he's capable of, of being a red zone threat, why can't he put it all together? He kind of is. So, I mean, sometimes sometimes it's just easy like that. But for me, I'm interested. The one matchup I'm really interested to seeing is Darren Waller against Derwin James. I mean, Derwin James is amazing. Uh, he's like a phenomenal safety, probably one of the best in the league. All, all pro caliber for sure, whenever he's healthy. And that'll be an interesting matchup for me because Waller doesn't often see somebody who is physical and can also keep up with him in the, uh, in the past game. It's usually one or the other. So... That's an interesting matchup for me there. I think that with the running back situation, it's super annoying that Gruden wants to go. He's kind of going the Belichick route where it's a split backfield. He's staying true to it. He's not giving Kenyon Drake the carries. He gives him a Peyton Barber. That's kind of annoying to me. So it is what it is. Is Jacobs playing? I don't know if he's been ruled out or... Um, it's, it's I haven't Monday,
0: so. seen official word on Josh Jacobs. Yeah, I'm just gonna just go do a quick look here. I mean, it's wild that Barber steps in and, and does what he did. Let's see, Probably hopefully no. he can practice this week, Josh Jacobs. So because
1: yeah, it's the Monday game, we'll so. see
0: where we're at with that one. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, for me, I'm looking. I'm looking at you. Start Waller when you where you got him. So he's a start off the Raiders team. Kind of tough to trust anybody else. I mean, maybe Brian Edwards, who's playing a big snap share on the. Chargers it's the opposite for me I'm starting if I have them I'm starting Keenan Allen I'm starting Mike Williams must start must start Austin Eckler must start Justin Herbert must start Jared Cook if you're in an absolute pinch throw him in there but I mean it's not often that you get four guys on a team that are just straight up must starts but I I mean you don't have anybody you're starting over Mike Williams or Keenan Allen right no I don't think so no right I can't imagine
0: that being the case not right now
1: Right. So you, then you have to start Justin Urban and you have to start uh, Eckler and that's team's kind of offense, kind of a wagon. So, and this is one of the games where I think the over-under break maybe should be a little higher than 52 and a half. If mm-hmm. it's supposed to be an even matchup between the guys, the Chargers getting up by three and a half, but they're at home. That's kind of pick them territory and Derek Carr throwing for 400 yards every single game but maybe that maybe this is the one that that would be the big one be nicer if it's on the main slate rather than on Monday but at least it'll be I, well I guess it'll be fun to watch on Monday but for DFS purposes it's going to be yeah uh,
0: and we'll we'll have the Monday showdown playbook obviously from Howard we'll have obviously all the DFS content this weekend as well uh, that wraps up our week four preview any final thoughts for the listeners here
1: yeah, I mean, we speaking of the DFS stuff, we're just kind of printing big money winners over at Fantasy Alarm we got Millionaire Mike, and then you just said, John, that somebody else.
0: Yeah, something- we uh we're waiting for the okay to go ahead and actually say his name and all that. But uh Monday night showdown, uh following Millionaire Mike's million dollar win in the FanDuel Sunday, we actually had another fantasy alarm member takes take home a split of first place. In the Monday night showdown contest for two hundred and seventy thousand. So once we work out the uh, the details with that individual, he too we'll be joining Howard and Jim on the Fantasy Alarm Show to talk about the win. You'll probably get a nice little tasty promo code like we're running right now, sixty percent off with promo code Million on the DFS alarm package right now. So if you Wait. haven't yet taken part in that for, you definitely for anyone listening, go ahead and
1: check that out. Let me interject here for if you're listening to this podcast, you got you're an inside fantasy alarm guy. So let me let you in on a secret rather than do the I know, I know I'm know supposed to be promoting the current promos, but this one's also still active. If so, if you are looking to get into our DFS playbook, the millionaire Mike promo, the millionaire, you know, code millionaire, whatever it is, gets you 60 percent off. But right now, if you sign up for Yahoo DFS through our link, I've tweeted out a bunch. Our accounts tweeted out a bunch. And you just deposit twenty five bucks. Not only will Yahoo match that, but you get access to our DFS playbook for free when you yeah. do that. So you can get it for yeah, twenty five dollars.
0: You get a promo code alarm when you make that deposit.
1: Yes, and that's so twenty five. So that's actually technically right now a better deal than the the other promo don't tell howard and them that i told you but 25 bucks you can get the entire it's it's 200 value you get access to a bunch of tools you get access to my article every week john's article every week howard's article every week like colby conway everyone this is all behind the paywall you get for 25 bucks you 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 get all that and they match your twenty five bucks and you're just playing DFS like you always do on every other site. So that's the that's the secret right there for for it, inside. Yeah, no, it, it
0: definitely is. That's DFSalarm.com slash Yahoo. When you go and make your and it has to be for new accounts only. So if you already made a deposit on Yahoo, here's a secret get a new email address. Just <laughs> make a new account use a different credit card. Uh,
1: but you go ahead secret. and
0: and yeah and you make that $25 1st time deposit of 25 dollars using promo code alarm at checkout Uh, then you come right back to dfs alarm when you come back to dfs alarm there will be a pop-up being like claim here or claim now or something like that click on that and you'll be you'll get your account activated with the playbook pro and that not only gives you all access to the dfs content but it gives you access to all the seasonal content as well Adam Ronis's weekly rankings, the Coop Scoops features that we got, both his video and written article, all the all the seasonal content features as well. So all that for $25. Bucks and it's basically a free $25 because you're getting your deposit matched by Yahoo as well. So definitely be sure to check that one out. But for now, for Andrew Cooper, John and Pemba, we will catch you guys later.